breaking news. Donald Trump announced last night that he is, in fact, running for president again in 2024. Who would have seen this coming? Do you sense my sarcasm? Today, I'm going to talk about what I think about Trump running for president again in 2024. Hi, I'm Julie Barrett, and you're listening to the Women's Blaining Podcast. I'm also the founder of Conservative Ladies of Washington. We are an organization of like-minded ladies and gentlemen here in the state of Washington. We've been working hard to get conservative candidates elected to office. We're working hard to educate and empower Washington state citizens to stand up speak up and take real action that can create change in this radical left deep blue state. It is not an easy task, but we are not going to back down. We are going to continue to fight. I would love for you to learn about what we're doing, the issues that we're really involved with and how you can join us in this fight. We need all hands on deck. Head over to our website, Conservative Ladies of Wa. Dot com. That's conservative ladies of wa.com. And in less than two weeks, I think 12 days to be exact, on November 28th, we will be launching our national platform, Conservative Ladies of America. So we will be able to reach ladies and gentlemen all over the country and unite around this conservative movement. So I'm very excited for that launch here in a couple of weeks. And I hope that you will stay tuned. And I hope most of all, that you will join us in this fight. We need as many people to join us as possible. There is so much work to be done. And I, I am always encouraged by the number of people and groups and organizations that are really working hard for the conservative cause, whether it is protecting children, uh, fighting for educational choice, fighting for parental rights, Second Amendment, uh, fighting against mandates and uh, lockdowns and things like that. There are a lot of people who are standing up and starting to speak up, and it's really encouraging. And so I hope that you are encouraged by that also, and I hope that you are inspired to take action. Well, today I'm going to talk about Donald Trump's announcement last night that he is, in fact, running for president once again. I don't know about you, but I found it to be kind of anticlimactic because I feel like we have really known this for quite some time now, uh, maybe two years. And so I didn't really feel like it was this big uh, breaking news story that I think some people maybe feel that it is, or maybe the hype around it, maybe that just kind of annoyed me uh, to have all that hype when we knew what was coming. I don't think anyone is surprised. I think there are a lot of differing opinions. A lot of people are, um, whether they're supporting it or just kind of waiting back to see sort of what happens. Uh, and then, of course, you have the team of people that are never Trump or people who were previously Trump supporters who are kind of thinking that it's time to go in a different direction. So I've got some thoughts and I wanted to sort of talk that out with you guys today and just tell you kind of where I'm at and what I'm thinking. And uh, I think it's early. So we have a lot of time to ponder this issue. And for certain, there will not be any shortage of content coming from Trump and his team. So we can be assured that there will be plenty to talk about over the next two years. So first of all, I do feel like it's really early. 
we he made this announcement one week after our midterm elections and in many areas we do still have races that have yet to be officially determined here in Washington like I mentioned yesterday we have a few races that have yet to be called we've got a lot of ballot issues going on and so I feel like it's it's a little premature for these kinds of announcements and Donald Trump isn't the only person who has announced that he will be running Uh, in 2024. There are other candidates here in Washington and around the country that are also starting to campaign for a 2024 election. And I just feel like it's really premature. I feel like it's sort of another bright, shiny object. Look over here. It's kind of a distraction. And I feel like it's really important for us to be focused on the issues at hand. There are so many issues at hand that we cannot allow ourselves to be distracted. I I guess I'm feeling a little bit like we have uh, sort of like ADD. Um, And I don't think that is specific to politics. I mean, you take uh, these smartphones that we have, whether it's your iPhone or your Android or whatever it is that you have, It is, you know, you can be on your phone doing one thing and you get a notification for something else and all of a sudden you are completely distracted from what you are doing and you jump over to the other thing. I'm sure you've been in a meeting or in a conversation with somebody and you get a notification on your phone that completely interrupts your train of thought or your attention. And that's kind of what I see going on here is this complete distraction, this ADD, and we are looking for the next bright, shiny object that we can attach to. And so I guess that would be my first thought about this is like, it's early. It is kind of inappropriately early, I think, for any campaign to be kicking off right now. I feel like we have so many immediate issues that require our attention, uh, obviously these elections and the integrity of these elections. It was a hot mess. I don't think anyone uh, in their right mind can look around America and say, wow, that was really uh, a great election. There was so much security and transparency. I'm, I'm just so impressed with our election process. I don't think anyone can do that. So where do we go? We can't just move along and ignore the problem. We have to face these issues. And part of these issues is that we have people in power right now, elected people on both sides of the aisle that don't want to address the election issue. It's not just the Democrats that think everything is fine and that are cheating or fraudulent about the elections, whatever you want to call it. We have people on the right, the, you know, I talked about this yesterday, the establishment Republicans who want us to think that everything is fine and dandy and just keep moving along because they are part of this uniparty. It's all just an establishment and they're all, whether they're working together on all things or just a few things, they're all doing the same corrupt stuff. And so until we fix that, until we're able to get a change in leadership, get a change in people who are in power, we're going to have these same problems. And I mentioned yesterday that we need to have a call to changing the GOP leadership at local levels, at state levels, and at a national level. Unfortunately, we know now that Mitch McConnell will remain the Senate minority leader, which I think is um, truly unfortunate. 
and we're going to get Kevin McCarthy back in the House, which again, I think is unfortunate. We don't have any change. And if we're not going to have change in leadership, how do we expect to have change in outcome? And we can't just move along to the next election without addressing the problems that we have here and without holding people to account. And I, you know, I, it may be too late to do that. Obviously, on a national level, it's too late to do that. I think, uh, you know, I've, I've seen here in Washington state in the last 24 hours, I've seen on Facebook and different groups and stuff throughout the state where you have people in their county asking for the leadership to to resign because they've either, you know, lost seats or they once again went through a failed election cycle where they didn't get any movement or any traction for their candidates. And I think that those are reasonable conversations to be had. But unfortunately, too many people are not willing to get their hands dirty in the fight. They would much rather move on to the bright, shiny object, the next great thing, which right now seems to be Trump. Trump has created this huge distraction. And I do believe, and I've written a couple of different articles on this topic, I do believe that distraction is a strategy of the enemy. I think that in multiple facets of our lives, distraction keeps us from doing the work that we are supposed to be doing. Uh, you know, whether it's a distraction that keeps you from getting your workout done, or it's a distraction that, you know, you are, you know, killing time on social media rather than getting an important project done that you know you need to get done. Distraction keeps us from doing the important work. And the same logic applies here in politics. We get distracted by the next shiny object and we don't do the work that needs to get done. So it's early, it's a distraction. Um, and now let's talk about, do I think that Trump is the best person for the job? Uh, I fully supported Trump in 2016. When he first came on the scene in 2015, I was pretty leery and I was not involved in politics at all. And then I would pay attention to when he would have rallies, I would watch those on TV. And I really thought he was an inspiring speaker. And for someone who doesn't really like politics, I thought uh, I enjoyed watching him and I really enjoyed hearing what he had to say. And I found myself very concerned about the issues that he was presenting and especially this whole idea of drain the swamp. I That was my wake up moment. And because of his presidency, because of his campaign, I woke up and I started paying attention and ultimately I got very involved, as you can see. So I think that, you know, going back to 2016, I was fully on board. My husband, who was not my husband at the time, but we were dating, uh, he did not vote for Trump. He voted for Gary Johnson, who was the independent on the ballot. He just didn't feel like he could vote for either candidate. He was obviously a not Hillary. Um, otherwise, we would not have been dating. Um, and he really couldn't get on board with Trump. He really couldn't see beyond the kind of the character flaws that, you know, just the sort of the brashness of his behavior and the way he talks about people. And, you know, he's not, which is surprising for a guy who's, you know, got so much clout and so much money. He's he's not really very polished uh, a lot of times. He just comes off, you know, very brash. 
Um, and so he couldn't do that. And I know there were a lot of people that couldn't do that in 2016. And then Trump started governing. And a lot of people really saw what he did with his policies, how he brought peace to our world and to our country. And people liked that. And so when it came to 2020, when he ran for re-election, a lot of those people who were not never Trumpers, but I don't think I'm a Trumper, did vote for him because they saw that he was making good on the promises that he made in his campaign. Plus, you had people who, you know, maybe are Republican, didn't like Trump, might have been the never Trumpers, but at least did not make the mistake of voting for Joe Biden. I think the 2020 election was very consequential for Trump because of the way everything was handled afterwards with the January 6th thing and people who are buying into that whole narrative around January 6th and see that that was an insurrection and that Donald Trump was the one who was responsible for it. They've really lost um, any kind of support that they would have been able to give him, which I think is very unfortunate, obviously very intentional by the media, because I think everybody knew and expected that if he didn't win in 2020, he would come back and try to win again in 2024. I don't think Trump is one of those people who likes to lose, and I think he will do everything he can to make a comeback. So going into this election, this 2024 election, I think he's going to have an even harder time because I think people are, even people who maybe supported him in the past have grown tired of all of the drama that comes along with Trump. They've grown tired of the the tweets and the, well, he doesn't tweet anymore because he's not on Twitter, but the telegram messages and the things that go out on Truth Social that end up making the rounds on other social media. I think a lot of moderates, mainstreamers, establishment people, people who don't really go either, you know, hard either side, I think they've just grown tired of it. And I get it because in a lot of ways, I've really grown tired of it too. I feel like, oh man, is Trump the best that we can do? Um, You know, right now it's Trump or DeSantis is what people are saying. I don't know if DeSantis will make a run for it. Um, As a new Florida homeowner, I selfishly would kind of like to see him finish out his second term as governor. And he's so young. I think he's like 42. So he's got lots of time. Uh, And I think, you know, Dan Bongino made a really good point on his podcast today about, you know, politics isn't supposed to be polite. And a lot of people on the right, the Republicans, they're all about, you know, we've got to be polite. We can't, you know, attack our opponents. And that hasn't won us any races. It hasn't done the Republican Party any favors. You don't have to be rude, but being polite and playing nicey-nice doesn't win in politics. And Dan Bongino made a really great point about that. If you're looking for nicey-nice and polite stuff, politics is not for you. Politics is going to be a knockdown, drag-out, dirty fight. And that's what we are about to see in this primary. And he compared, you know, he brought up a lot of different presidential primaries, which I have to be honest, I probably paid zero attention to any of those. Uh, maybe back in Bill Clinton's day, because I was in high school and had to do it for, you know, school projects and things like that. But 
aside from that, I was pretty much out of it until 2016. And so I can't, I can't speak personally from a point of comparison, but uh, Dan Bongino was comparing the primaries that Trump has been involved in with primaries of the past. And they're always just knock down, drag out dirty fights. And that's just the way politics is because you are trying to win your spot. And so I think we're going to see it get nasty. And I don't really look forward to that. But do I think Trump is the guy? So here's what I have been thinking about over the last couple of days, because if you had asked me this question a week ago, I think I would have said, no, let's let's really just move on from Trump. It's time for someone new. But over the past, I don't know, 24, 48 hours, maybe I have really been thinking, you know, as I look at the swamp in Washington state and I look at the swamp in other states and I see how entrenched the establishment is in our government, we really need someone from the outside. We need someone who will not back down. We need someone who will be that bull in a china shop like Trump is and come in and tear things up. Because if we come in with someone who is polite and is going to play politics, we are going to continue to get more of the same. Do I love the way Trump does things? Do I love his, you know, personality and his methodology? Not really. But does he get the job done? Is he the right guy for this time in our nation? I kind of think he might be. But again, I think it's too early to tell. We don't know who all is going to be in this playing field. I think uh, Mike Pompeo is probably going to run. I think uh, Mike Pence sounds like he's going to throw his hat in the ring. Uh, Larry Elder, uh, like I played that that clip, I think, last week um, from Larry Elder. That was in August. He was toying with the idea that he might run for president. So I think it's going to be interesting to see who throws their hat in the ring. I think it's way, way early. Honestly, kind of like everybody to just sort of sit back and take a chill pill about the presidential race for 2024. I don't know if that is possible to stop the train that is already like way out of control. But I am personally hoping that I can restrain myself and just sort of sit back and see how things play out and see where things go. For conservative ladies of Washington and conservative ladies of America, we are really going to be focused on state legislation and federal legislation. We are going to have a nasty session coming here in January in Washington state. The Democrats have full control over everything and they will use that power to push through every radical left evil agenda that they want. And so we are committed to working with our conservative legislators to help stop or at least support them by making noise and showing up and testifying in those committee hearings to do everything that we can to make sure that we are on record as having made our voices heard. We've also got in a lot of these radical left deep blue states like Washington, we've got these gender affirming surgeries, these child mutilation surgeries that are not going to go away. And we can't, this is what I mean by we can't allow ourselves to get distracted. We have to focus And if we allow ourselves to get all tied up in this Trump for president 2024, 
we lose focus on the fight that we need to be involved in right now. We have legislators on all levels, state and federal, that need our support. They can't do this without us. We can't just elect them and then abandon them. We need to do what the Democrats do. We need to fight like the Democrats. And that means that we get involved in the legislation. We continue to make our voices heard. We support our legislators by writing, by speaking um, verbally in in, in hearings and giving our testimony and telling others to do the same. So that's going to be our focus and obviously the protecting children from these child mutilating surgeries from the um, puberty blockers that they are prescribing to children without parental consent. And as I've mentioned many, many times here in Washington, kids 13 and up can do a lot of things without parental consent. And that needs to stop where we're going to be working on a bill with Representative Jim Walsh that would help to move that uh, age from 13 to 16, which everybody says, well, why don't you make it 18? Well, we kind of want to just start inching things in the right direction. And ultimately, we would want to get it back to 18. But we're trying to sort of pull a play out of the Democrats playbook and meet them in the middle at 16. We think that we might be able to get some progress with that. We've also got this indoctrination happening in our government schools and kids from kindergarten, sometimes in preschool, are being exposed to this gender ideology and this critical race theory and comprehensive sex education. We have to stay focused on these issues that are plaguing our children, plaguing our country. We can't allow ourselves to get caught up in the next bright, shiny object. So that's kind of what I'm thinking as far as Trump. I don't personally know where I'm going to land yet. I think it's way too early to make a call. We don't know who's going to be in the race. We don't know who's, you know, how that playing field is going to pan out. Obviously, if there are, let's say, 10 10 people, um, 10 Republicans in the primary and, you know, uh, most of the support goes to Trump, he probably will walk away with the nomination. And of course, I would support him. Uh, You've got people who say, well, if it's Trump and Biden on the ballot or Trump and some other radical left Democrat on the ballot, I'm just I'm not going to vote for Trump. I I will not vote for Trump again. And and I think that is, you know, I don't mean uh, to offend, but I think that's foolish. I think we have to look beyond the uh, flaws of the man and see if he has what it takes, if he is the best person at this point in time that can help move our country in a better direction. And I believe that if it were between Trump and Biden, I mean, hands down, that is Trump. Biden is evil. Um, So those are some things to consider. And I'd just like to remind you that, you know, you can go through the Bible and see time and time again where God used very flawed uh, human beings to accomplish his purposes. And I think, you know, we're all flawed. Um, and Trump is just flawed in some different and unique ways. And I don't think for one second that, that God can't use him. And I think we saw that from 2016 and 2020. Um, Specifically, one of the best examples is with his Supreme Court nominations and the overturning of Roe v. Wade. So keep that in mind, kind of take a chill pill, just sit back, relax and wait to see what happens. And it's going to be interesting. That's for sure. But we've got to stay focused and not allow the enemy to distract us. So I look forward 
to chatting with you again next time. 